Blonde Hair Boy. I'm Genevieve Nadler Brooks, and we are your hosts. On the Boyd and Brooks podcast, we want to bring you meaningful and fun spiritual conversations. In these conversations, we seek to explore vocational callings, authentic living, life mottos, and how faith and spirituality play an integral role in our lives. We hope that you will listen, enjoy, and share the podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to the Boyd and Brooks podcast on iTunes. It makes this podcast really easy to find in whatever platform you use to manage your podcasts. It also helps our podcast to be easier to find for other people. You can find us on social media. Our favorite is Instagram at Boyd and Brooks, as well as our blog, boydandbrooks.com. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Boyd and Brooks podcast. I'm Laura Boivere Boyd. And I'm Genevieve Nadler Brooks. And we're excited to have you with us today. Absolutely. So, Genevieve, I want to start with a question today, and that is for everybody listening to think about how rested are you? This actually came up this morning um, at a prayer breakfast with some teenagers. And I was saying how I honestly, at this age and stage, don't know how so many of them do this. They get up early. They go hard academically all day. Then they get out of school. And then most of them are either involved in sports. So then you're exerting all this physical energy. And then, or they're doing dance or they're doing, you know, something else that takes up a lot of energy and then getting home late, you know, eating dinner and then staying up for hours and hours and hours doing this massive amount of homework. And so, you know, regularly getting like four hours sleep. And I was like, how, how do you do it? How do you maintain that? Um, I said, because I couldn't do it. I would just be out and, um. You know, especially knowing that teenagers need like nine to 10 hours of sleep, sometimes right. more. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that's what the research has shown. So it was really interesting. And, and, and this one person responded with, you know, last night I got five hours of sleep and, and was like, like I made it, like I did it, like I succeeded <laughs> oh at something. And so I, I just do not, I cannot fathom. Yeah. What about you? Well, I, I think that a lot of people don't get enough rest. I think there's a lot of professionals in a lot of different fields that, um, that really are not getting not, not just enough sleep, but enough rest in general. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting problem that we're seeing across the board in really across the country. Um, so we've got people that are in churches as well that are not getting good rest. So you had some thoughts about Genesis. So I um, I went to a conference and it was probably one of the very first times that I heard the creation story with kind of a new twist. I feel like I grew up and I think a lot of people grow up with the Genesis story of being about creation, but mainly about what happens between Adam and Eve and that really the the Genesis story is about how um, man sins. And this is the creation of this original sin. And I, I thought it was really interesting because the speaker really went back to the, to the very beginning part of what God is creating. And so whether you take it as one literal day or it like one day equals a million years, I mean, whatever. I mean, basically it was like God created these things. And then at the end, God rested and also saw that it was good, saw that it was good and rested. I think that's how, is how the actual 
uh, timeline goes. And so what, what better, honestly, example can we have of how important it is to rest? Mm-hmm. And yet we so often don't. I mean, it's biblical. It's in the very, very first book. It's the very first story. Right. You know, yeah. how, how much more important could God have made it? it right. Have made it. Sorry, made it. It is not a word. But the other thing that I always think about is if that is not... You know, if you're not an Old Testament person, maybe you're a New Testament person, great. Let's look at Jesus' life. Because even Jesus sometimes would go off by himself. Right. You know? Yeah. Into the garden. Right. You know? I, I mean, it's it's Up there. Up to a quiet, quiet place. Right. Yeah, it's definitely you know, there it, multiple it's times. It's definitely there, and yet we continue to ignore it. And it's really sad because I think it is really, it is to our detriment. Mm-hmm. I think in American culture, mm-hmm. we are, we're this puritanical based culture where Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, people need to be doing in order to not get into things that they shouldn't, um, not to do evil and, you know, idle hands and all that. And so people really want to achieve and how achieving I think is also a status thing in our culture. Yeah. And so not only does working hard usually equate to making money, you Mm -hmm. know, then money is status and all of that. So it's all really wrapped in with that. But I have just seen so many people who are burnt out and how they, they get to that point where, you know, you can only continue without rest for so long before you literally break down. Right. Right. Well, I heard a great Ted talk, which I will, um, attach this, um, our show notes, but about how our brains, um, the rest of our body, we, you know, we use our muscles and then they excrete, things and then that's kind of our body has a way of getting rid of the waste right right and so you that's part of drinking lots of water and having to use the bathroom there's a lot of things in your body that are filtering out these um the waste but our brains really have this waste management problem that there's no way that once we um are using our brain so much for all of this extra stuff to kind of get washed away but that's what happens with sleep And Mm. so they've, he did such a great way of um, explaining it where when you're in sleep, your, your brain kind of floods with this fluid and then it is kind of clearing everything away, which sometimes when you wake up and you're foggy, it's because it's not completely out and down your spinal column. That makes so much sense. Right. And so this, this fogginess kind of feels the same as when you've been up for a really, really long time. Yes. And it's because there's, there's so much, um, stuff in your brain. And so really our brains need us to sleep, but our bodies also need us to rest. We can't keep going. And so I think it's really interesting as we, as we think about our spiritual lives and what it means to rest. I think one of, uh, um, a really popular Psalm that most of us know talks about lead me to still waters, right. Mm -hmm. And give me rest. So this idea that, that we as humans, we as people, but we also as spiritual beings need to be able to take a real rest. I mean, that's one of my favorite things that Jesus says is come and follow me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Mm. So we've got this different things in culture, in our lives that are telling us we've got to keep going and doing. And yet from the very beginning in our ancient history, in the stories of who we are and who we believe ourselves to be as Christians, 
rest is a really big part of that. But how do we do that? Right. That's always the question is we know that this is important. We know that we have to rest. We're always giving little kids rest periods, rest times. And I think that's one of the things that I always love about going on retreats or going to camps because in a lot of ways that it's built into the schedule. So growing up as a camp person, right, right after lunch, you had rest period or feet on bed time where you had to be laying down to give your body that rest. And a lot of times it was in the heat of the day. Right. So to be out of the sun, to be resting in your bed so that it's kind of this built in thing. And I think that to me as somebody that um, is in a church setting that really there's very little rest built in. And I think um, that we give ourselves this excuse of, well, I'm helping people. If Mm -hmm. I'm taking a rest, it's selfish. Rob Bell just had a really great podcast last week about, or a few weeks ago, about wisdom um, as yourself, right? That Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of times as helpers, I would think that a lot of helping professions, teachers, nurses, um, counselors, it can be really hard to take care of yourself because it feels like then you're not helping others. Right. But for us, we really do need to be taking care of ourselves so that we have something to give of other people. Right. And so I think one of the ways that we can do that really well is by building that in to our daily rhythm, to our weekly rhythm and monthly and yearly. And I think some people have really great, um, you know, vacation plans where, you know what, this is just a non-negotiable. I'm going away for this week or this weekend. I always do it. I always go camping and unplug. But I think it's the daily time and that weekly time of when are you actually resting? When are you telling people no? Which again, we've talked about this before. We're different mm-hmm. in our prioritizing and being able to tell people, no, I'm really bad at it because I want to be with all the people doing all the fun things. But I think being able to say, no, this is a time and not having to have a reason. We've talked about that before. You can just say, nope, I'm busy during that time. And the busy thing that I'm doing is reading my book on my porch yeah, or taking a long bath or whatever it is. That's very simple, but this is my resting rhythm well I think I think people will take a moment to really um consider this but I find that when I do finally take those moments those quiet moments um where where I'm trying not to do anything I those are also some of my moments of the most enlightenment Mm. and also when I can be the most creative yes and so it's needed. It's like a part of the cycle. Right. And you can't, you know, if people are wanting to quote unquote be their best, yeah. they really need to understand that this is part of it. Right. Um, and so I, I just think it's tremendously important. Definitely. So let me, let me ask you this, Genevieve. So we, I, I find it really interesting because we, I think we both really believe that the church is um, an entity that really needs to lead out on things like this. And this would be an area of like the church leading out into caring for its own community. And so it's really hard when, you know, I, I have a lot of empathy for pastors who are, you know, basically constantly on call. I mean, right. for, for 
for lack of a better terminology. Right. And it's really, you know, if you're if you're really looking and watching them carefully, you're not really seeing an example of mm -hmm. Sabbath. You're not really seeing an example of rest. So I'm wondering for you, like what, is there somebody in ministry that you think does rest really well? Mm. Or are there things that you personally do that bring you rest? Like what does it look like? Yeah, I unfortunately can't think of anybody that takes good Sabbath off the top of my head, <laughs> which is sad. I'm going to think about that for a few minutes. But for me, um, I can think back on my, my own story and the times that I've been really burned out. Sometimes you don't, you're so not aware of it until it gets to be a problem. And then you set good boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely. And by then it's, it's really almost too late right, or a lot really of times is. it's too late. And I think, I think that's one of the things that I always value in a manager or a supervisor is somebody that does a does a good coaching job of essentially coaching you to take better rest. And what does that look like? Let me help make sure that I understand what are your priorities? What are the things that mm -hmm. you can delegate? What are the things that you can't delegate? Mm -hmm. And how can I help? And yeah. how can we make sure that you're not staying in the office until this long? Right. Because sometimes you really just need a team yeah. to, to be able to handle that. But I think for for me, um, the times where I have the best rhythm of Sabbath is certainly when um, are my weekends. I think in times where I really can unplug and be in nature. I think that's for me when I feel the most rested. Um, and so for for me in this season that I'm in currently. I do not, I, my rhythm this summer got all out of whack with um, my brother's stuff. And so I'm finally, I don't know if it's even finally, but I'm in a place where I'm like re-looking at all my rhythms, mostly because I'm not sleeping as well. Mm. And so figuring out if I'm not sleeping as well, I'm wanting to sleep more. And then that's throwing off kind of my whole game. Yeah. And so what, what are the things that that are bringing me rest. And right now it really is time in the morning on my porch drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was one of the things I was going to say that I've noticed about you mm -hmm. is like, you're pretty, I feel like intentional for giving yourself those few moments in the morning. Yeah. And, um, I, I have found and I'm not good at it yet because my mornings tend to be a bit rushed yeah. because I need to get the household together and get people to school and then get to work. But if I will just take 10 minutes yeah, and just sit with my coffee and then, you know, just read through like a, a daily devotional that comes yeah. to my email. Mm -hmm. I just feel more centered for the day Definitely. for lack of a better term. I just yeah. feel like I'm really starting out on a good foot. Yeah. That's been one of my priorities this month, which I've posted some on Instagram and um, Snapchat. Honestly, it's part of accountability of, no, I actually am doing this. I'm sitting on my porch. I'm drinking my pumpkin coffee. I didn't let myself have pumpkin coffee until the first day of fall because I love it so much. <laughs> but taking time to just be on the porch in the fresh air before getting in the car and starting the hustle even if it's only for a few sips of coffee, so far that's been really beneficial mm -hmm. um, in the past few weeks of me doing that. Um, one of the things I know a lot of people love yoga classes, and that for them is a time to 
focus on their own bodies, on their own meditation. I have not um, been diligent about doing yoga practice, but I certainly think that that's a really great um, that's a that's a really great practice to have. Yeah. Um, what about you? Who are some people that you think do it really well? I I don't honestly know anyone who does it really well, and <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just honest. I, I, yeah. I bet I. I'd be surprised if one person knows somebody that they yeah. would consider who does it really well yeah. um, in, in our modern day. But I will say, you know, I have a dog and mm. usually the dog needs to go on a walk at least three, three significant walks a day. And somebody who is an, an expert in somatic work, meaning like they're, as a therapist, they're really interested in how stresses or phenomenons affect the body and how we often hold stress in the body. And so uh, she was saying how um, when you walk, it's this kind of right-left movement. It, somehow it's connected to the brain, and it's almost like a, a way of processing, which makes sense because there's tons of people who are kinesthetic learners. Yeah. And so, but also just like a calming rhythm for the body. And so yeah. she was saying, you know, when you walk, don't don't put your, your earbuds in and listen to something. Give yourself that quiet moment where the body can just process what's happened to it. Yeah. I just love the thought of how the body holds things and yeah. needs to process it. Or like you said, at night, part of its process is to rest. Right. And so it needs to be flooded in the brain to, to, you know, calm that, you know, the body holds cortisol and cortisol yeah. is a stress hormone. And so when, when you don't rest, those stress hormones get really, really high and they right. impact all the proper functioning of the body. Everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, people, you know this, why does your stomach hurt? Why does your head hurt? Why does your neck hurt? You know, a lot of those, these things are stress related in our yeah. culture. And so, um, I think, that's why I think that walking for me, that's like my, and I have an Apple watch and honestly, that's my accountability. Yeah. Like I set it to my goals where I want it to be and I am a little obsessional about it. I check it all the time, but it's really how I keep myself motivated yeah. and also accountable to, yeah. to being, to have my body being moved in a healthy way yeah. to keep it functioning well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, also, one of the factors about our Sabbath is our hurriedness and our, we've talked about this idea of like constantly doing that's a part of our culture and success driven, achievement driven. But one of the things that I learned when I was um, reading the 3DM um, book called Building a Discipleship Culture, they talk about this idea that we so many times in our culture, we're trying to rest from our work. We're trying right. to work, 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 and then rest. And really Jesus shows us this example of how you need to work from a place of rest. That you that rest needs to be the first priority and that Jesus did a really great job of spending time alone with God. So it wasn't, um, it was, it was really intentional. Mm -hmm. And then working from that place mm -hmm. of if you've got nothing left in the pot or in the cup or whatever metaphor you want to use, mm -hmm. how do you expect to pour out? Right. And so this idea of your fruitfulness is directly related to how much you're working, to how much you're resting and spending time 
with God and that then you can work and that you can, you know, produce this fruit. Yeah. And so I love, I love that. Can can we talk about what are some ways, I think sometimes we say, we use this language like we are going to spend time with God and people start getting this imagery in their mind of like sitting in a church pew, being super reverent and focused on the cross. Like that's what it means. Yeah. And I, I just think that being with God can mean so many different things. Yeah. And um, listeners, when we post this, I would love for you to comment on our yeah. Instagram about what are some ways that you actually spend with God so yeah. we can see all of the different ways. But for me, it's just that it, it's just that getting quiet in my own space mm-hmm. so that I can be still mm-hmm. and listen to my own still small voice, yeah. which I recognize for me as God or as Holy Spirit. It was yeah. really interesting because Glennon Doyle was speaking about this recently. I do not know if you saw this, but we both yeah. follow her on Instagram. And she is doing this new coffee and... She's doing these new web webcast yeah. things, Coffee and Revolution or something like that, I think. But anyway, she was talking about how particularly women, they make decisions and do things by consensus. Mm. And so we're always like, oh, Genevieve, what do you think about so that, this? Or yeah. what would you do? And, you know, it's like we take a poll. Like right. sometimes, sometimes before I get my hair cut, I like to take a poll. Yeah. And I'm like, do you think I should cut this? Or yeah. you know, do you think I should color it this way? I was kind of, I don't really do that anymore, but I used to do that all the time. Yeah. But who, who really cares what, right. what I'm going to do with my hair? Right. What, who's, whose opinion is more important than my own about yeah. what I'm going to do with my hair? <laughs> and that was kind of her point was that a lot of times women have gotten away from trusting their mm. own still small voice. Yeah. Um, which she then, you know, in her, in her webcast, she recognizes for her is God. And so yeah. that's what I'm saying. I think that's a way to just acknowledge and be with God. Yeah. You know? Or we were just talking um, – on a Sabbath devotional that we did yeah. about how remembering mm-hmm. can be a spiritual practice. Yeah. And so maybe it's a time of remembering um, what you're thankful for, what you mm-hmm. have gratitude for. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, sometimes you just be thinking about the way that God is moving and working in the world or mm-hmm. that you want to. And I think these are very contemplative ways, which I'm drawn to, but I think there are other ways, mm-hmm. you know, that you could spend time with God. Like maybe it's through serving. So it's more mm-hmm. of an action oriented, mm-hmm. um, type of thing. Yeah. Um, so my ways recently have been listening to worship music. Mm. I, um, you actually turned me on to the new, um, need to breathe. <laughs> obsessed. Songs. And so, um, listening to that, even in my house and sitting on my couch, I really love, um, I have this journal that I bring with me everywhere. And so sometimes it is just journaling ideas but listening to worship music we have a google home so i can tell the google home to play the (laughs) need to breathe and then um having some time also um for me sitting sitting and drinking coffee just a and kind of watching people walk their dogs on our porch has been really really great okay quick side note quick side note at some point in the future i'm gonna ask Ron Sutton to be on the podcast yes. because I spent some time with him over the weekend and he is a parent of one of my um, former students 
And he was talking about how coffee is so important. Yeah. And then he said, well, you know, it's like, it's like C in coffee stands for commitment. When you agree to have coffee with someone, you're committing to taking a significant time out. My head about exploded. I yeah. thought that was the best thing I had heard. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It is so true about, about, Yeah. Kind of that same thing. People wonder why, you know, so many meetings, you know, in ministry are centered around coffee. Well, because yeah. it's an intentional time out right. where you're sharing in this experience together mm-hmm. and generally requires that you look each other in the face mm-hmm. and that you speak to one another. Right. Right. You know, and it's just, uh Yeah. And I think other cultures really have that and we've we've moved away from it in the name of efficiency. Right. Also so, British after New That's tea. exactly what I was saying. Or about. even in um when I visited Israel, one of the kind of side tour things that we did was people went to ride camels, but part of that was with the with the Bedouins is that you went into their tent yep. and they served you this special sweet mint tea. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the ancient cultures, yes, I think that is where you are going to see a lot of things where it comes to rest right. and contemplation and how yeah. important that is. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Tea. When, when do you take a break like yeah. they did only a few hundred years ago to take tea and, also, and other cultures that are currently doing that? Right. Also, there's this, I, I know in the back of my mind that there are these jobs where when you work your eight hours, you're supposed to get two 15-hour breaks. Do you know any human who works who takes two 15-minute breaks? No. No. My husband does try to do a, a good job of taking some walks around their campus um, where where he has an office job and... Um, mostly because he has to stare at a screen and look at these tiny boxes in a spreadsheet and just needs to clear his head and walk around. But that makes, I think he does a decent job of trying to do two walks a day, but he's, which I think it's great. And I, and I would want to, someday I'm going to ask your husband about Alex about this, but I think that there are people who are entitled to those breaks who probably don't even take them because they're afraid of being judged by their peers Or by their supervisor managers for being lazy. Yeah. Or weak. Right. When in fact, I mean, you know, being a little selfish, which to me means taking care of self, um, is something that is going to make you be a better person. And in the world of work, it will make you a better producer if that's what you're looking to be. Absolutely. The other thing I was going to say is my, my other favorite time that I that I find myself thinking about God and I've mentioned this before is when I am pruning the bushes in yes. my yard and doing yard work um I have just had so many moments of like hmm this this thing of pruning off the the roses what are things in my life that God may be calling me to prune back so that I can grow better and more full. Um, so being being out in nature, doing some yard work, even if it's um, walking and pruning flowers, I think is a is yeah. a great one. Yeah. Okay. The last thing that I think I want to talk about is the study of seminary students that I was telling Laura about. Yes. That has to do with our willingness willingness to help people and our hurriedness. I think that this study. It has been referenced a lot in the past, but talks about these the study of seminary students where they were trying to figure out what was the biggest correlation into 
helping people? Was it your religious affiliation? Was it um, how busy you are? Or was it um, how religious you were? So they took the story of the Good Samaritan and tried to figure out why didn't the priest stop? Mm-hmm. Why didn't those? Why did those two guys cross to the other side of the road and keep going? Right. And so they did a study where they had um, two groups of seminary students. One of them had a task that was to give a presentation. Um, the other was to actually talk about the Good Samaritan story. And they gave them a survey at the beginning, asking them a little bit about their religious backgrounds and whether they think religion is a quest or um, an institution kind of digging into that a little bit to see that correlation. And then um, they, with one of the groups, they said, you're already late and you need to go from our building to the next building across the way. The second group, they said, oh, you've got a few minutes, but you need to be over there. That's where your next task is. And the biggest correlation, so then they had a guy that was hunched over well, it was unclear what his issue was, but he was um, could have been drunk, could have been in, in pain, and he like was coughing and kind of bent over. And the biggest correlation of whether people stopped was whether or not they were in the late group. Hmm. That even people who were supposed to be speaking about the Good Samaritan story cross to the other side of the sidewalk to avoid this guy. Craziness. Some people even almost stepped over him yeah. to get to where they needed to go. And they did They did say that some of the people that showed up that didn't stop were just clearly very anxious. That it, it was clear that a conflict could have been a reason that they were anxious versus... Um, just did not wanting to help that, yeah. that they couldn't they couldn't make draw that conclusion but i just find this so interesting that as we especially people that do love to help other people um that sometimes that can be that hurriedness is the thing that prevents us from doing the things that we want to do like yeah. helping others that really being unhurried building in time and saying no and prioritizing can be is so important to doing our jobs, to loving our families, to being good to our bodies, mm-hmm. to being good stewards of what God has given us, mm-hmm. that, that it is really important to be intentional about that Sabbath, about taking intentional time to rest. So friends, I think our question to you is, what are some things that you can do today What are some things that you can do tomorrow to build in some time for intentional Sabbath? Start with your original blessing of rest. Start with your original blessing. Start with your original blessing. Okay, friends, until next time. Bye.